football on off the ball. Thinking this boy will be on the next level. And how do you alright? I think he turned up in. You're thinking, my God, he must be good. And then he gets on the pitch, and you think, not so good. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. US Sport on Off The Ball with 888 Casino 18 plus Now you are very welcome back to Friday's Off The Ball It is Super Bowl weekend We're going to be taking a look forward to Super Bowl 58 and the clash between the Chiefs and the 49ers a little bit later on Keen Faye is still here with me and Keen this is a real pleasure It's not all the time that we get to talk to a Super Bowl winner a Pro Football Hall of Famer just ahead of the Super Bowl Alan Fennec is here with us and what a treat this is for us Keen to have him with us Oh, we have to let everyone at home know. Like, I don't think people realise how lucky they are right now. Like, this is a first-round pick in 1998 after a great career at LSU. Won that Super Bowl in 2006, as you mentioned. An eight-time All-Pro, a nine-time Pro Bowler, which basically means he was the best or second-best player at his position every single year. A Pittsburgh Pro Football Hall of Famer. NFL All-Decade Team for the 2000s starter. And a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers All-Time Team, which is no mean feat considering how many Super Bowls they've won. But much more importantly, I grew up as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I was like 11 or 12 when they won that Super Bowl so he had a big hand in my happiness over the years Right and that explains the jersey you're wearing at the moment Keen. that people are going to see on YouTube Well I'm holding it up I haven't got it on but it's from the Super Bowl that Alan Fanica actually won so I hope, hope you can see this and appreciate it too although it's a Heinz Ward jersey so maybe I'd, I couldn't get the Fanica one they didn't sell over here <laughs> Alan uh, welcome along to the programme uh, Thanks for having me guys um, it's great to have you with us. We'll talk about maybe Super Bowl 06 and a bit throughout your career, but uh, you were over here in Dublin. People will have seen the pictures. Uh, the Steelers have now become Ireland's team. I've got a terrible towel just behind me off uh, screen at the moment as well that we've got up. We've been broadcasting the Steelers games on our uh, OTB Sports Network over the season as well. Um, how did you find your visit to Ireland last year? Uh, just amazing. Uh, it was a great trip. Uh, it was a whirlwind. We packed a lot in. Uh, got around Dublin, uh, got up north and, and played a little golf at Royal Down, County Down, um, uh, you know, got to Guinness, got to uh, see some museums and just yeah, kind of soak in as much culture as we could and just really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, look, it's exciting times. We're hoping uh, we've got the college football series here at the moment at the Aviva Stadium coming up this summer and it's been back going this side of COVID, thankfully. Um, you got to see Crow Park as well. You know, we would love the idea that eventually it's not just a watch-along party with the Sealers that's taking place at that venue. We're really hoping that at some point an NFL regular season game will come here and the Steelers will be playing here. I think we're all hoping for that. I think we can uh, look forward to that hopefully someday in the future and uh, what an amazing event that would be. Keen, I don't think we'll get a, a Super Bowl though, Will, anytime soon. But Alan, you played in that Super Bowl in Detroit all those years ago. What, what's your lasting memory from it or even the week leading up to it so we can understand how the players this week are feeling? Oh man, it's such a whirlwind. It's such a, you know, you as a player, you want to get it perfect, right? You want, you have, you come up with a plan. You're like, all right, I'm going to do this. I want to see my chiropractor on this day. I'm going to do this and that. And it's just like a perfect plan. Uh, you try and stick to it. Uh, all the meanwhile, you've got family and friends in town and everybody wants to see you and you have to control that whole situation. And, uh, you know, the way I told everybody, I was like, I even told my wife, I was like, look, I love you. I'll see you when we win at the Super Bowl party. And I didn't, I saw her a couple <laughs> times, you know, a couple hugs here and there during the week, but that was it. Um, just a really uh, pressure filled, it's pressure filled, but you enjoy it. You have to enjoy it and soak it in while you're doing it. And, um, 
you know, when you walk out of that tunnel uh, on Super Bowl day, right, that night, uh, you know, you, you get the chills. You know, you're excited, you're amped. Uh, you know, I think for me as a kid, right, you always remember uh, the kickoff and all the flashes. Everybody's taking pictures of the kickoff. So I was, I was really waiting for that uh, on the sideline and just to be a part of that uh, experience and to live it. Uh, you know, so many moments during that game, I'll just never forget. It's possible. Well, you mentioned lost that pressure. In the Sorry, circus of the week as well. On like we were watching, obviously a lot of the players having to do more media than they normally would. You're coming off the high of having won a conference championship game the week before. You've got that break weekend. You're in the city for most of the week, getting ready for the Super Bowl itself. I mean, if you're the type of person who gets lost in your own head, that's a lot of distractions on a given week coming into what could be the biggest game of these players' lives. Exactly. You, you have to be prepared for it. And, uh, and handle it, you know, you got to handle all the uh, the silly questions, right? I think that's some of the big things, right, from that opening night. Everybody wants to see what are the what are the funny questions I got asked. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there were some Taylor Swift questions asked a lot, um, you know, all the way down to, like, what's your favorite pretzel? You know, just crazy off-the-wall things. And, and you're trying to give people good answers and, uh, and have some fun with it. Um, but you do. You got to stay focused. You got to stay uh, in your own personal moment, right? Uh, and and kind of uh, categorize things so you stay focused on the game at, uh, ahead. That Super Bowl was uh, in memory now. It's very much about your own Bettis and how he won at the end and, and retired and, and had that amazing moment. And you mentioned the pressure previously, but as a Steelers player, it must have been even more heightened because it's not like uh, it's not like you were coming into a team that never won one. There was a, a legacy there of expectation. Did that make you uh, feel nervous or it changed how you anticipated the game? Or was it just the Super Bowl is always that big regardless? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't deem it as cockiness but and i've never really talked to any of my teammates about it either but you know i i just felt going into that game that we weren't gonna lose uh it was not like ahead of the you know i didn't uh put myself the cart in front of the horse as as i've heard said um you know i just it just i thought there was no way we were not going to do whatever it took to find a way to win that game as a team because we've been doing it for so many weeks. You know, we, we had to win out at the regular season. We went on the road and uh, we were the first uh, uh, team to go on the road to make it to the to the Super Bowl. We'd already done so many of those things. Uh, I just knew we were going to find a way to, to win the game. So the pressure to win the game wasn't there. The pressure to uh, perform and to uh, enjoy the moment um, and get the job done, but not necessarily like the pressure of like you have to win like this like you know uh tightening noose uh, coming down on you i i didn't feel i have to ask you about um the uh, there's a couple of plays from that game but the one that really lasts in the memory is antoine randall's uh touchdown pass do you remember any anything specifically from that moment or even beforehand when you were going through that play as such a standout like it's such a different play to anything else you run yeah so uh I went so we come out and I was basically uncovered. I had, I had a shaded nose to my side, so I was excited. Uh, all of those kind of trick plays, it's it's a uh, it's a a show. It's a, 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 a you're trying to sell a package to the team, right? So I'm like I'm uncovered, so I get to play the game a little bit more. So you know you get uh, about a three yard um, uh, downfield as is, is my buffer, so I can go down downfield about three yards. So. 
I banged the nose really hard and I climbed about three yards just to sell the linebacker, to get the linebacker to take about two steps up and come at me. And the whole theory on that is, is if I can suck the linebacker up two yards, the safety, which is who we're trying to get behind to throw the ball to Heinz Ward, steps up two yards theoretically. Um, and then Heinz can sneak behind him. So I was really excited when I came up and I was uncovered. I was like, all right, I get to sell this a little bit more. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. Uh, you know, Antoine Randall, the former quarterback in college, uh, you know, coming around through a perfect ball on the, on the run to Hines in the end zone. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. Yeah, but, but you're a real offensive lineman now, Alan. You're not going to pick a passing play over a, rush, a rushing touchdown. And Willie Parker's touchdown in that game is pretty memory, uh, pretty iconic too, isn't it? It is, you know, longest uh, longest touchdown run uh, in Super Bowl history, still holding up. Um, you know, that, that play uh, specifically uh, was a play that our coaching staff had designed uh, as a, a, a check off of some passes on the left side. So Willie's run was on the right, and I pulled and led on that. But we knew if we could um, make enough yards to just kind of aggravate them enough to, to hit Randall L in the slot on the left, that they would slide their linebackers over a little bit because they'd get tired of uh, Randall L catching these little five, six-yard passes. And so the whole first half, we were pretty successful on it. And the coaches were getting excited. They're like, it's coming, it's coming. And uh, so we had about eight plays, passing plays, and the check was on every one of them. And so we come up in the second half. I think it's the second play. And they've slid over and I'm in my stance and I'm like, holy shit, man, here we go. Just, I mean, I'm just excited. <laughs> uh, and, uh, Ben makes the check, uh, you know, the, the right side, it would really allowed it allowed the right side to get that front side linebacker so that I didn't have to get them, which put me on the safety, which is what made the hole so big for the, for the other free safety to have to make a tackle on Willie Parker when he's already coming downhill at full speed is really hard to do. And that was the whole scheme of the play was to, to put that hole there. And when they slid, that let the front side get to that backer and allowed me to kick out and, and put a big hole there. And, and Willie hit it downhill hard, just like we always talked about. Few things in your life have made you happier than being a left guard going on a safety, I assume. Uh, exactly right. You know, coming downhill, <laughs> lean into him. Uh, you know, and I actually when I when I hit him, because the whole thing was about you know making the hole nice and big. So uh, you know, you don't really get a chance to do it in practice. But in my mind, I was always like, all right, I gotta get my feet out of the hole. So when I hit him, I kind of spun around because it doesn't take much for a 320 pound guy to block a safety, right? So I hit him pretty hard. I spin around to get my feet out of the hole. So, so I don't, you know, the last thing I wanted to do is to trip on my feet. <laughs> uh, and then I'm spinning and I'm, I'm watching them run down the field. And uh, I had never seen a, a photo from the end zone looking back at Willie. Uh, and you can see me, kind of, I spun around and got up on my knees and I'm watching him. I just saw this photo about a year or two ago. Uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, no, no, we'll have to find track here. Can I, sorry, Will, just, just, just one, one, one last one now, because I have to bring this play up because of how uh, memorable it is. It wasn't in the Super Bowl, and it's not, it's not going to be all this technical, uh, specific football stuff. You mentioned Ben Roethlisberger, that tackle against the Colts, a famous tackle. Do you have any memory of it, and what was your view of it? My view of it is, um, so that's a pulling play, right? So I'm pulling, and then, so my rule is, 
Uh, once you get inside the five yard line, short yardage, goal line, uh, you never bow around to get to your backer, right? You just keep everything downhill. And at the very least, you know, it just kind of turns into a mush play and we might make something happen. So uh, there was a little push on the fr- on the right side and I couldn't get around to get to my backer. So I just blow it up, which is my rule. But my backer who I was supposed to get is a guy who popped the ball out of Jerome's hands. And the only thing I remember is I see the ball loose and I turn around. You know, when you, when you have all these flash memories, man, it takes it's it feels like maybe two or three seconds, but it was like, you know, a quarter of a second. I'm like, we have nothing but slow people on the field, right? We're on goal line. We got we got <laughs> Ben and I mean maybe Hines was on the field, but he would have been way out of position even if he was. We got nobody fast on the field. Uh, it was my first uh, uh, thought. And then just run. Just run and hopefully something happens. And then, you know, Ben trips him up uh, and saves the day. Not mean to get off the beaten track here at all, but just a moment ago, you mentioned, you know, 300 pounds working as a guard. Then your body has this remarkable transformation in retirement where you're a marathon runner. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I always said, even through, maybe I started telling myself uh, in college, I'm not really sure where it began, but uh, I always said, you know, I probably don't need to be this size the rest of my life. So when I'm done, that I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to lose a lot of weight and see if it sticks. And if it sticks, that's great. Uh, And if it doesn't, it doesn't. It wasn't meant to be. I've always always been the kid in husky jeans growing up. Uh, I don't know if you guys had husky jeans in in Ireland. (laughs) Uh, But... uh, it uh, it stuck. So, you know, I instantly just did it. And uh, it, when I decided to retire, it was like training for another season for me. And I just put my head down and did it. Uh, it'd be so much harder for me to do it now that I'm uh, removed from uh, playing. Uh, I just attacked it. And, um, uh, you know, I lost. I lost, I did hit 100 pounds. I, I, I hit 100 pounds at one point. And, uh, you know, that was a little bit too much. I put a few pounds back on. Wow. Um we can't but draw a few parallels here between your team that goes to the Super Bowl in 06 and wins and what we're seeing in the 49ers at the moment. You mentioned Big Ben and some of the big plays he came up with. He was in a not too dissimilar situation to Purdy, second season uh, in 2006. And I guess look, we're looking at Purdy, they call him Mr. Irrelevant. They talk about the guy who probably we didn't expect to be in this position. Uh, do you feel any parallels of where the 49ers are at now compared to where you were with the Steelers 18 years ago? Uh, you know, there might be parallels between the quarterbacks, I think, but I think the teams might be a little bit different. Um, but, you know, I think there's definitely maybe some parallels between a, a young Ben on year two. Uh, and I guess theoretically, this is uh, Brock Purdy's year two, right? Is, what, is it his yeah. year two? Yeah. Or, it yeah. is, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, there's definitely uh, those, those growing pains. You know, I think uh, Brock Purdy's a, a big uh, uh discussion uh, uh in the uh, sports world at least here in america of uh you know what's his worth to the team uh and i think uh you know i think a lot of that just kind of got spun off because there was a lot of hype around him being a potential uh mvp uh candidate and i think that's really what kind of spurred it uh people were uh you know kind of comparing him to being a game manager uh, versus the the MVP candidate because he was around such a great team and it just really sparked a huge debate that's never seemed to uh, to end here in America. 
the, the when Roethlisberger won, it was his second year, like you mentioned. But after the first year, he lost in the AFC Championship game, I believe it was, which is the same as Purdy. And do you remember any like the the reaction to that, or how a young quarterback? Because for our listeners at home who might not necessarily know, being the quarterback of the team isn't just like being another player on the team. You've got so much more on your shoulders, and being a young quarterback, an inexperienced quarterback, that must have been so difficult for Roethlisberger and for Purdy ending last year in a similar way, especially getting injured as well, and then bouncing back like that whole process if you've memories of it it must have been kind of a bit crazy really oh, man you know as, as a team I, I don't really remember individually uh you know how ben took it but you know as a team uh we were we were you know uh knocking on that door for for a while there so uh, it hit everybody a little bit hard um you know we've been to a couple afc championship games which is you know just a stone's throw away from being in the big one and uh, so it, it kind of hit everybody hard, uh, especially everybody knew that it was maybe Jerome's last year. Uh, so everybody was already thinking about that. Um, you know, I, I, I think more than one of us pulled Jerome aside and, and spoke to him about giving us one more shot for him because everybody wanted to win it for him because he was such a, the consummate uh, uh, teammate, professional, uh, friend, brother. Uh, everybody really just wanted to win one for him. And uh, thankfully, uh, he listened to one of us or, or all of us and uh, <laughs> came back so we could send him off right. Well, you mentioned uh, getting close and being competing at that time. And you played throughout the era of Tom Brady's peak, I guess, and Tom Brady winning a lot of Super Bowls. And there's some parallels now with Mahomes and playing against Mahomes. It feels like it's inevitable that he's going to do something to win the game. Is that kind of how it felt with Brady back in the day? You know, you know, I think I think for today, you know, I, I think comparing the two of them, right? You, you think I always think of Mahomes. Mahomes finds some way to have some magic, right? They they just magically do it, and he he's able to do it and pull off the you know the sideways throw, or he's falling down and flicking it to Travis Kelsey. He finds ways that are just completely unique to get the ball. Uh, when I think of the Patriots, you know, Tom makes the smart decisions. Um, and they plan things out so well as a team. I, I always think of them as like the consummate team and, and what they did. And, and they were always able to uh, play the chess game inside of the game that always made things difficult, especially, you know, the closer you get to, to the final bell, uh, it just kind of, their, their noose kind of continued to tighten and you had to play perfect football um, to get out of it and so when i think of the patriots in that that era i think of uh the the team always being able to find a way to do something not necessarily uh uh tom but um you know he always made the perfect throws always got the ball to the one and only guy that was uh uh you know left undouble teamed or out of the zone or you know found a way to get into a void uh he knew where that guy was alan what's your plans for sunday where are you going to be watching the game uh, my plans are, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm back home. Uh, been here for not quite a year back home outside of New Orleans. And so right now it's Mardi Gras time. Uh -huh. Um, oh. <laughs> and so, uh, we're having carnival down here right now. So the plan is to, uh, I'm going down to, uh, my friends, uh, college roommates uh, house. His daughter is, uh, uh, a princess in the parade. And so we're going to go down there and watch the parade. And then we're going to go to his house afterwards and watch a game with uh, some of my college buddies that I played football with at LSU. 
Man, a party that runs into a party throughout the weekend. The final question I'll leave you on, who do you fancy to win on Sunday in Vegas? You know, I think I think the 49ers have the better team, but like we just talked about, I think the Chiefs find a way to win. Patrick Mahomes, I think they find a way to win at the end of the game is my pick. All right. Alan, next time you're over in Dublin, we'll have you in when you're over with the Sealers next time round. Thanks a million for being uh, so good with your time. Enjoy Mardi Gras and the Super Bowl across the weekend. I will, guys. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to the next one. US Sport on Off The Ball with 888 Casino. 18 plus gamblingcare.ie.